0: Hello welcome to Derp's Top Out Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about stealth archery. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast.
1: Well, on this podcast we would like to talk about games. And I guess today's game is like nine years old because we're functionally talking about skyrim
0: right yeah now. i mean i mean this, this
1: is like the eponymous game for it i guess but it is a problem ma- that permits many you know permits g- many games.
0: yeah i would say like you you might even make the case that this is like an oblivion problem right like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um anyway just to kind of set the stage um in open world games uh there is this tendency for kind of like the optimal build to uh, converge on stealth archery. And it's not always stealth archery per se, right? Like, sometimes it's like, you know, stealth sniping in, like, say, Far Cry or whatever. But that always seems to be, like, like the way things go. Or at least, like, the way that everybody, like, dips their toes in a little bit. And, you know, I figured it'd be an interesting topic to try and v- kind of explore why that happens and maybe ways to kind of discourage that from happening. Um, and do, do you have any initial thoughts? On-
1: I have a couple of hypotheses. I have, I guess I would say three hypotheses going into going into this that we can kind of address number one is i guess um that this is very water finds a crack which is to say that the optimal um path is kind of not not mechanically but sort of um i guess i would say obliquely or abstractly a self-archery pass path right staying incredibly far at range and killing guys or defeating enemies before they even have a chance to react to you. It's sort of like, which is what Stealth Archery, like, describes, right? is sort of just definitionally the most effective way to be engaging in combat for, like, most groups or, like, games, right? Obviously, being at ranged means that you can, you know, you are increasing the radius at which that you can influence the map and, like, influence the world. So if I'm just sitting on a hill sniping people, right, all of these people are in range. I'm not moving. I'm not really changing my, like, dynamics. I don't have to worry about, you know, patrol patterns or anything kind of along those lines because really, at the end of the day, all I have to do is just sit and snipe. And if my stealth is working out fine, right, and I can just, like, headshot these guys, for a gazillion damage and then they they fall over they fall over dead it just effectively instantaneously removes the challenge right so like this is my this is sort of part of my like bedrock of South archery which is just that it is water finds a crack e- the easiest abstract thing that a player can go for my hypothesis two is that ai contributes to this right uh you You could see a scenario where, like, a very advanced stealth game or stealth game system combats that issue by saying, like, okay, the guy watches his friend die, and all of a sudden he is, you know, triangulating where that shot probably came from, and they are now looking up at the mountain towards you and you know, like, like, they are chasing you down, in the way that Or at the very least,
0: hiding, right, like...
1: Right, exactly, right, like, hiding, taking cover behind, you know, whatever, like, in the real world, you can imagine that if somebody was, if there was sniper fire, right, people would be reacting differently than the, you know, walking around, looking for a sound, kind of head empty, right, like, so I think AI really, really contributes to this, right? We don't have very complex AI for dealing with these sorts of situations, um, which makes it even more overpowered. And then uh, thing three is that there is not as much progression, like, there's not as much satisfying progression to stealth mechanics in the same way that there's satisfying progression to regular mechanics, which I have found to mean that, like, regular conventional sort of, like, spray-and-pray combat encounters tend to be more mechanized and require more sort of like inputs in order to be successful i this is the most confusing way to to put this another way if i want to be an effective spray and pray character I need to take lots of perks or talents or upgrades or whatever, right? I am I am building out my build in a wide variety of ways because there's a lot of ways. Oh, my health is increased. My armor is increased. I can do better damage with. I can I crit chance. You know, like there's all of these different stats that you can systemize and all of those get piecemealed out in kind of like tiny iterations with stealth. there just aren't that many like systemized options for that kind of thing so it tends to take fewer talents to make a strong stealth build than it would to make a strong like attack build if that makes sense um inside of these games right like when i look at the way that perks happen in skyrim or um, you know you unlock those talent things in Far Cry. One point towards stealth gets you so much farther than one point towards combat. Okay. Those are my hypotheses.
0: So I think I'm with you on most of those. I think I've got a couple more to add to this. Um, I think part of it is it's kind of is it's it's um, I, I think the the biggest one to me is like it's free, right? Like you and it's it's all it's it's free in it's one way, right? Like you can't like you can Always start a fight out with stealth archery and then run in and do like the spray and pray stuff, but you can't run in and spray and pray and then like revert back to stealth archery. Um, and because and not only that, but like it's not like there's any consequence to starting with stealth archery, right? If you are a um, it's like a meme somewhere that, that kind of describes this, I think, pretty well, which is like you know, you know, if you're the two hand axe building barbarian, right, you could just run in, but like why not start the fight out with. A stealth arch, like with, with an archery shot, and you know you get the damage multiplier if you stealth, right? So you might as well shoot that first shot as a stealth archery shot. And even if you just end it there, then like you're using it, but you probably don't, right? It's like, well, I took the guy out and they're not reacting, so i might as well take a second stealth archery shot. And it's like, well, I'm going to go upgrade. I could upgrade my axe, but like, I'd be really effective if I could get another stealth archery shot shot off, right? Like, so it's like you know, even like the the double handed you know double handed wheeling barbarian. Benefits from stealth archery, whereas the stealth archer doesn't um, benefit from those other skills, and so part of it is like, and so I think a large part of it is like stealth archery has a place in every build, right? Like, yeah.
1: I also think a corollary of that, by the way, is that when a stealth archer fails a scenario, you could you could say, right, as a stealth archer, I need to carry an axe so that if I do fail my archery, right. I can I can take out this axe and start beat sticking people right, but the failure state of a stealth archer tends to be safe scum. It doesn't yep. tend to be take out my beat stick right. Whereas the failure state of a of a barbarian is to beat stick. So in a certain sense, you are creating a a failureless state by by like focusing towards a stealth archer build.
0: See, I also wonder if like part of that too is 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 really, it's like it is inherently easier to sell to save scum stealth like like uh essentially a sniper position of any sort right like you know you take the shot you knock the guy down right and then you can save that way when you load you've already like you know you're already like you know a guy or two in right like whereas you saving in the middle of a a melee fight is a great way to make an unusable save right so um so like yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's I think that's part of it too. But I think the more interesting part of it, because I, I think I think these are all, all all valid points, right? There is like it's kind of like I think this all kind of like naturally funnels into water finds a crack, um, and like it's like and like some way, right? Like these are all ways in which stealth archery is an effective tool in any character's toolkit, um, uh, and so ends up kind of being the 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 even if it's not the dominant strategy for any particular character, it's a strategy that every character engages into some effect, right? Like you know, with, with, with some mild variance, but that, that that's, I think es- essentially it. Um, but the thing I'm really interested in is kind of like how to discourage that so that like you, like, so that like games truly have like, like if you're going to make it part of like a hybrid character, it has to be intentional. If you're going to make it part of like, you know, it's not just like a thing that you do, you, you do anyway on your, um, uh, on your on your melee focused character, um, uh, that kind of that kind of thing, um, and something that that that, uh, that that came to my mind, and I know we've both played this. Is I think a game that does a good job in at least like leaning in that direction. I don't think it gets it perfectly, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think, um, and maybe the, I haven't played the previous Assassin's Creed games, so I may I don't know if they're any better at it, but I think it does a pretty good job of making it. Uh, making stealth archery not kind of, like, the default. Maybe part of that is just that, like, you're replacing stealth archery with, like, stealth killing. Um,
1: well, so I have some interesting thoughts about that, I guess, okay. in the sense that um, I get what you mean about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but one of the things that defines my playthrough of Valhalla is n- that maybe it's just, like, the combat mechanics are good. Like, I don't know how else to describe it in a way. Like, I don't really think that the kind of run-and-gun version of playing Skyrim is as fun as playing the run-and-gun version of Valhalla, whereas, like, when I look at Valhalla, I could if I wanted, kind of be, like, running around doing stealth stuff, but I'm, like, picking up, like, spears and she- and axes and shit, and, like, it's just fun to use those weapons, right, and to be right. good at that combat, um, and to be dodging, and to be parrying and all of this stuff, like, they just have, like, I don't know intuitively fun and engaging uh, mechanics when it comes to when it comes to actually engaging in the combat. So it is less a water finds a crack scenario because water finds a crack kind of describes a negative like value set, right? Where I want to defeat a challenge in the easiest way possible, right? right. But if the goal is positive, if the goal is I want to have as much fun as possible, what, water finds a crack doesn't define that. Like what defines that might just be swing in a big old greatsword in Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a lot of fucking fun (laughs) like
0: yeah um but it's but that's that's but that is the 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 kind of fundamental water finds a crack thing right people stop doing fun things because it's more effective to do something else and that's and that's the problem right this is like like you know the loot cave right like is 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 the the classic example right it's more fun to go like do a strike at destiny but if you can you know Endlessly fire your automatic weapon into a cave and get loot out of it. You're gonna do that anyway, right? So I think there's I think there's gotta be a little bit more of a balancing factor there, um, and maybe it's just that like stealth archery in Valhalla is just isn't so much more effective than the fighting. That it, like
1: you know what's funny is that I actually went very hardcore into a stealth build in Valhalla, but I end up not doing a lot of stealth archery. Like the bow I have equipped most of the time is the stealth archer. I think it's called um. Like a viper bow i don't know it's the one that gives you a headshot reticle right you know which is like what is this for or whatever but i find myself in a situation where a lot of the times i just kind of like approach an encampment and i like plink a few guys down and then eventually somebody finds something and i'm like okay well let's go loud and then i just start wailing yeah. on dudes um i think part of what happens there to make that compelling is that um Valhalla rewards stealth gameplay and hard, like, like, hard action gameplay in tandem with one another, right? For instance, um, in the, the, there's three different trees. There's the bear tree, the wolf tree, and the raven tree. The raven tree is, like, the stealth tree. It's the one that I, like, filled all the way out, basically, right? But there's actually a lot of stuff in the raven tree that powers up my ability to just straight 1v1 a guy in combat. Um, Which is stuff like you know my po like if I if I kill somebody with a poison on them they drop a poison cloud that poisons other guys so you know like that's not something that ever pops up in stealth scenarios, let alone stealth archery scenarios, right? So it is all about, um, you know, picking up my my greatsword and actually using this kind of, like, chain poisoning mechanic. So even though I am deep in what is otherwise the stealth tree, I have stuff that is pointing me towards kind of hard combat gameplay, right? And there is also, you know, like, one of the things that you get when you're going down one of these trees, right, is you get bonuses with weapons of that type. Well, it's not that the raven weapons are only daggers or, you know, like, whatever. The raven weapons are also greatswords and spears, right? Um, they're flails and axes. Uh, and those, and, like, that piece of it, I think, also drives people into sort of, like, a combat-sized piece of the gameplay so like even though i am very effective at the stealth stuff and i want to do a lot of the stealth assassinate murder guys stuff right uh and i do that i do start basically every single encounter that way when i have to fall back on the great axe i have a lot of stuff to fall back on i don't just immediately die because i'm so deeply invested in stealth that it doesn't work out otherwise
0: yeah i maybe maybe that's a big part of like because I will point out that what you what you essentially described at the top of of the Valhalla thing was 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 it, what we were talking about. It's like a stealth archery thing, right? Like you do take the stealth archery shots at the beginning. I was going to say that. Um, I I think it's the predator, or whatever whatever they're called, the predator bow. That's what yeah. it's called. The
1: viper bow, I think, is the is the, is another one. Who cares? Yeah.
0: So I actually like you know like I'm I'm personally like my aesthetic is like big damage and that's like the headshot thing. But like I actually like the bow in combat more. So like I actually don't like. The like the predator bow as much because when I'm using the bow, it's in the middle of combat, and so I like the kind of like more more outward one. But I think part of this is that everybody has every class of tool, right? Like, um, or every you know, like in Skyrim, you might not have magic or a two or you know or a hand weapon other than like what you feel like you need like minimally, right? Like, yeah. Um, you know the bow occupies your bow slot, and the you know your weapon occupies your weapon slot, and so you're always using it in, uh, in 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 Valhalla, right? Like like to your point, right? Like it's not it's not even like you have to hit a button to switch to your your great sword. It's like when you were in the melee scenario, your your great sword comes out, which I think is an impor- an important thing. But I think part of part of that too is that like every character is a um, is kind of like a hybrid character, right? Um, I I wonder, and maybe this is just kind of the nature of of having an an open world game, like, not being able to do anything particularly well, right? But, like, I wonder if there's a way to, to like, build one of these open world systems where you truly reward somebody who is a dedicated any one of these things um, that, like, that that kind of, like, I don't want to say discourages, but, like, makes unnecessary, like, using the whole toolkit, right? Like...
1: You know, that's interesting. I think of, when I think of that, I think of Day 6 Human Revolution's director's cut. Um, so, you know, when Day 6 Human Revolution came out, one of the big things that got a lot of flack for was the boss fights sucked because if you went a stealth non-combat build, you had no way to deal with the boss other than pick up a gun and shoot it a lot and you were really bad at that because you didn't invest in it at all. And so they when they... revived um, b- 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 Maybe it was a DLC thing? I don't remember. Um, they, they, Whatever the case may be, they, they came out with a director's cut. I think it's when the they released it
0: on cut... the Wii, funnily enough.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, whatever the case may be, they updated the game with a bunch of different ways. Like, so, you know, one of the things that creates... I think technically the genre is called Immersive Sims. One of the things that, like, the oh4 0451 games um one of the things that creates these immersive sims right is this idea that you can you can tackle a problem with a bunch of different approaches right so the approach specifically for deus ex now becomes i can you know in the in the same way that i was able to stealth past a bunch of guys and like quote unquote defeat that encounter by like Memorizing their patrol routes and hiding and moving when I need to, you know, like whatever. I could now do that sort of thing in a boss fight and win a boss fight, right? So the first boss fight, for instance, you can you can stealth out of that boss fight, go and hack a computer, and it will spawn turrets that that kill the boss, and you do that three times. It's like phases, sort of like in a WoW encounter sort of thing. Um, and you can like and you can beat a guy. So if you're if you're hacker focused or if you're stealth focused, you have an option to kind of like defeat a boss encounter that is still challenging and difficult but it's challenging and difficult according to the play style that you've kind of like run up against right right and i think maybe that's one of the only examples i can think of of a game that was able to provide appropriate challenges for different sorts of characters like unilaterally if that makes sense right if i went heavy melee i could melee this guy if i went heavy you know ranged i could range this guy if i went stealth i could stealth this guy kind of thing um i feel like in most open world games there's just like not a good option for that and and by the way valhalla is also sort of this way there's a bunch of boss fights in valhalla that you just have to sit and fight which is like you know which is good that they made every character a hybrid character um because it helps sort of head off that problem i guess
0: right yeah, yeah, right? Like, like you were saying, even if you go into the stealth, you end up picking up nodes that make you decent at, like, normal combat. Um, yeah,
1: and it's just that my normal combat looks different than the normal combat of the other, you know, like, of the other varieties, right? In a boss fight, I am trying to apply and reapply my poison over and over again, because my poisons do so much damage compared to my, I don't know, whatever, uh, whatever a fucking bear guy
0: yeah, dual is dual two hand wheeling is, is is what is like the I think the signature kind of ability of that tree right is. You know.
1: Holy shit! Why did I not go that tree? That's fucking sweet. I love, one I love one handing two handers. That's like.
0: Yeah, I... I, I it's my like, aesthetic. Yeah, so that that's actually an interesting thing about that game It's, like you could you could pick that game up and like it to that like at zero cost, which is super interesting. I don't know.
1: That's true. I mean, in a certain sense, that's like kind of the the. I guess I would call that, like, I, I think of this as the, the WoW solution, right? If instead of saying you need to be equally as good at this kind of content as this kind of content, they just let you rebuild, right? When I yeah. go from raids to Mythic Plus, I just change all my shit to be Mythic Plus focused rather than raid focused, right? Um, rather than saying, you know, like, oh, every individual talent is just as good for, like, both.
0: Yeah. It's just, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's that's true, but like, I feel I feel like that 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 really loses. Like, I think it works in well because wow is kind of like more about kind of the meta scenario, right? Like you Sorry. know, like like canonical Baron, right? Like for RP purposes, has I assume like a loadout, right? Insofar as that matters, right? Like that's
1: actually that, yeah, that is actually a real thing. Actually, like Baron, for instance, uh, Baron got trained by like a Mountain King, so he knows how to use the ability Avatar and that is a warrior talent that i could just swap out of at any time. It's like, well, canonically that doesn't make sense. And i do think that there's an immersive piece of that, right? When i'm playing Skyrim, i do want to like RP to a certain extent where it's like this isn't just you know, me um it's like it's like 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 baseball bats, right? It's not just me picking up the appropriate length and weight baseball bat for You know, hitting a home run, right? That is mathematically suited for me to hit the home run, which is sort of what you know, like talents or gear in World of Warcraft, like looks like. In in Skyrim, I want to sort of express myself through these mechanics, right? Right. I want to go up certain trees because, like, they feel like a part of that character. I had a very kind of deep character to my my Skyrim guy was a um, was like an imperial thief and uh and he because you start in like the prison wagon or whatever the famous memeable prison rat wagon and uh and so my thing was that like okay he's a thief and he left the empire because he didn't want to get caught by the imperials and he joins the stormcrow rebellion because he doesn't want his criminal past to, you know from the empire to follow him into skyrim right um and like there was like a deep rp to that like there was a bunch of stuff in there that i went Solely for the RP purpose of it, right? Like he was very high in illusion, for instance, and in um another there was there was like a couple of different magic trees. I can't remember what all of them were, but just like that stuff is like more real in those sorts of open world immersive sim games than they are a lot of the time in WoW because there isn't like meta pressure. Yeah, when you're playing essentially a single player game.
0: Yeah, and like meta pressure in a way that like you you might even accede to, right? Like you know like. No one wants to be the guy that's like causing the rate to to fail because you know you 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 want to choose your RP talents instead of you know like the 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 one that's best for the scenario or or whatnot. Um, uh, but yeah, um, huh. I but so I, I think part of the, th- the the thing that like still kind of like sticks in my mind at least for this for this part of uh, this is that like it still doesn't feel like there's a like good pressure to like. Like part of the thing in Skyrim is you can be everything at once if you want to, especially if you play for long enough, right? Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the end of the world, but like, it feels like part of the reason why stealth archery is a thing that keeps that people keep going back to is because there's like not like not a, a good reason like it's not so much that there's not a good reason to do say two hundred combat, it's there's not a good reason to not do stealth archery. Right, like it is too, it is, it is at all times too effective to pass up at least like the, the cursory opening shot. Um, and it's like I can think of scenarios, and I can't remember, um, like uh, maybe I can't, I can't think of any, I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head, but I can, I'm remembering something where like you know, at some point, maybe that stealth archery shot just like it just like does so little damage that's just not even worth doing, right? And like like that has to be in a game with like super hot, hard scaling. So like you know, it's like, well, I'm not really putting anything into this because I did want to put. So I might as well just kind of like wait in and and hit things with uh, with with my sword with, with the sword itself. Or you know, like in that scenario, maybe that's kind of the the only only way to do it is to kind of like put sharp cliffs, right? Like you know, or like build with sharp cliffs. Like when you hit the late game, just like plinking someone with an arrow is just like not going to be worth the effort. Or, like, kind of, like, the, you know, the the, the time to kind of set up and, and get that shut off. So you, you might as well not do it.
1: Yeah, one of the interesting things about um, uh, Far Cry New Dawn, which I talked about playing a little bit earlier, is that they had, like, sort of scalable enemies. And one of the things the enemies scaled into was helmets. So that you couldn't just one-shot them anymore with, I you know, honestly, any of these, like, different stealth weapons, right? Like, there's a the 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 kind of iconic weapon in that game is like a saw blade launcher where you put in like a like a disc and a thing and it like shoots the the saw blade and it magically by by physics but it magically essentially bounces between enemies so you get these very satisfying moments of like you shoot your saw blade launcher and it like bounces between three guys and kills all of them but it only will kill those guys like depending on you know like the the rank of you the rank of the guys or whatever. Um, And you do find yourself in a sort of like an arms race because, like, at a certain point, if you pick up a sniper rifle, right, and you shoot a guy in the head, it's just going to, you know, it's not going to kill him. It's going to get reduced by his helmet or maybe it'll, like, plink his helmet off, but you'll have to take another shot, right? And and now all of a sudden he's reacting and running and the alarm is triggered or whatever. Um, And I think that that's a pretty effective solution in those sorts of terms because it means that, like... It is not out of reach for you to keep up with it, but, like, there are going to be moments where you have to think about encounters dynamically because you are running into higher-level or higher-capability enemies that you haven't necessarily seen. Honestly, there are enemies in there that even if you plink the, the helmet off, like, the damage scaling on the weapons is so low that, like, they will, they will, like, fail to react in the way that you're, like, talking about. Or not fail to react, but fail to die in the way that you're right. talking about. And at a certain point, you know... You just won't be able to do that sort of like stealth archery like murder scenario. I think another piece of this, by the way, is ammo. Like this might be another factor for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The amount of ammo mm. you get for the Predator bow is very low, and um, and ammo ammo is pretty plentiful in that game. If I want to, I can just stealth around and like pick up you know batches of arrows all over the place, right? But that requires me to move to be dynamic, right? Um, I can't walk into an encounter with you know six clips of 10 rounds each and just you know unload because I only have five six I don't know whatever the number is yeah right? some like small number cer- yeah, yeah some small number of arrows I also think that there's a bit of arrows itself that lends itself to this you know in a, in a good positive way for instance like I something I remember in Skyrim positively is that like making long arrow shots is not actually that easy. And you have to gauge, you know, like fall off and stuff, in a way that um, you know guns don't necessarily. Like I think it's harder to be a stealth archer in Skyrim than it is to be a stealth sniper in Fallout, just because of the nature of hit scan weapons, right?
0: right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely fair. Um, yeah, but, but it's funny you say that though, because like I I uh, I associate the um the the stealth archer thing much more with Skyrim than I do with Fallout even though I think it is true in both of them um maybe that's because there's like not as good sniper line like sniper sight lines in Fallout because like you know like Skyrim is a lot of like natural things and like you know the medieval era buildings aren't that tall so like you get naturally better sight lines um or maybe it's because maybe it's the opposite of that maybe it's because you know sniper rifles are all zoomed scopes it so you need like you, you're naturally like you can engage with a bow like the the kind of like um bow level distance is like medium to short range right and so like you're sneaking into this so that's maybe that's maybe it's less like being a sniper it's more like doing like a, a sneak pistol build and say fallout and see i actually think well i i
1: would agree with that but i actually think that the bedrock of it <clears throat> i also agree with chat What's up? What's up? Uh, Vats also plays a big part of that in Fallout. <clears throat> As being, like, a pretty core, you know, like, cornerstone piece. You just get, like, an instant shot on somebody. But I actually think that it's an opportunity cost thing. I think that in Fallout, the you are more naturally guided into sort of, like, a, like a stealth sniper build. Compared to in Skyrim, where you are in a high fantasy. And you have the potential of being this incredibly powerful wizard. Right, or you have the fantasy of being like a you know a a, a big axe wielding barbarian. Those fantasies are much less pronounced in a science fiction setting than they are in a high fantasy setting, and so you don't feel that tension as much.
0: Right? Yeah. No. I yeah. I think I think that makes sense. Right? Like they're they're, they're not as um this like the characters aren't as distinct. Right? Like the difference between um uh the difference between a, a, a what's it called a, a wizard and a barbarian are like even, or like mechanically separable, right? Like, whereas the, the difference between like a guy that uses pistols versus a guy that uses sniper rifles doesn't, it's, it feels like just like which gun you pick up. Honestly, this is, prob- this reminds me of the problems we all, we have with Starfinder, right? Like that, like, yeah, that like th- things felt the same a lot, even even though they tried to to, to separate out the classes a bit, it just didn't stick as much. Yeah,
1: um, absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly, to be honest. Um, I also think that, um, you know, When it comes to the, like, the stealth sniper scenario in Fallout, that seems so much more in line with what the game kind of expects of you in general. And those skills translate really well, right? Like, yeah, you have a high sneak, but you also just have a high light gun weapon skill, right? And so if you need to go into, you know what I mean? Like, the stealth archer never has to... The stealth archer, when it goes loud, very rarely will be plinking away with his bow. A lot of the time, the stealth archer, when it goes loud, would want to switch to a greatsword, right? right. But if you go loud in a self sniper scenario, you still just have a gun. And you're still built towards using your gun very effectively. Um, which I think is kind of, uh, you know, like a piece of the puzzle. I also think, by the way, you know, so this is something that Phil just said in chat. That said, I guiltily play a sneak sniper in everything I do, and... I think that maybe <clears throat> I, I I I don't want to be too hard. I guess on stealth sniping. It just reminds me of like, um, <laughs> weirdly enough, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, you always have like all- the,
0: the best. Of- the best of these, right? Like you're like. I I, I had guys. a
1: conversation once. Yeah, I had yeah I had a conversation once with I think my mom or maybe my dad, where like there was like everyone was talking about like oh this is why Fifty Shades of Grey is so popular like like going in all these different directions just like oh well you know and I was just like it's porn you guys it's not that hard <laughs> it's simple people in genuinely engage in the eroticism of the fantasy that's it that's the story right and I think that that's very true right like I think people engage in the fantasy of being a stealth sniper, right? Um, so it's like it, you know, like at a certain point, it is water finds it is water finds a crack, um, but it is also you know maybe just maybe it's just fun to be a stealth yeah, so, a stealth sniper.
0: No, I, I'm but like I think there's a point there in that like maybe it's just like not fun enough to be not a stealth sniper, right? Like like and this is what we were talking about with like Valhalla, yeah. right? Like they, they mm-hmm. like the comments for like. Skyrim is a great game. Melee combat is not super compelling in that game, right? Like it's, nope. you kind of like you know, it's, you, your hands are in front of you, and you, you swing them, and that's like, and you know, maybe you get like a, a heavy attack, and that's like the special thing, right? Like, yeah,
1: and maybe you're like watching your stamina bar or something, but like, boy, oh boy, that is not a that is not a common thing. I feel like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, I guess I guess part of it too is like I, I wonder if there's like like a really good way to like do like combine these things in a way that like uh, i guess valhalla is pretty close to it but like I, so you know this, this is this is a little off track but like is valhalla like outside of like the rp parts is a valhalla like a better skyrim than skyrim and that kind of stuff because like it makes all the, the the forms of combat like compelling.
1: i you know i mean my my stance on this is very obvious right which is that yes because we stand on the shoulders of giants. Sure. Things that come out progressively get better over time. I think Valhalla... For instance, one of the things that just makes Valhalla's combat so good is, like, the weak point system. By, like... I think part of what sucks about ranged in actual combat of Skyrim, being, like, a like an archer in the actual combat of Skyrim, is it's very, un, like, uninteresting and there's not a lot to do. But if you want to be, like, a ranged-focused character in Valhalla, there are real mi- mechanics that you can interface with to express your mastery and skill, right? Mm -hmm. By, like, sniping people's weak points. In fact, this is something I do quite a lot in Valhalla, and I I like it, right? Where it's like, um, when you're going up against some of these bigger, more powerful enemies, you have to be really hammering their weak points because you just, like, don't have a good ability. Like, you know, um, those Templar guys that run around, the Zealots or whatever. It's very hard to do those Zealot fights, I've found, um, without abusing the ranged weak point system or whatever, but that's a whole system that is built on, you know, someone expressing their mastery of a character through ranged combat, which is typically not, you know, it's it's just typically not something you see all that much. Another another note that we got in chat is, um... when fail agrees and says when i when i build a stealth sniper i generally have light weapons to back it up and on a side note he did a melee build in the most recent fallout which was heavily inspired by rp i've never done a melee inspired fallout build but you have right
0: uh yeah so and the, for rp re- reasons right and like i would uh they in, in not in fallout but in Skyrim, I would go back as, like, a half-orc and just do unarmed builds because I find that hilarious. Um, <laughs> but you need you need mods to really support that to, to make it work. But Or, like, dumb things, right? Like, like this, this is – long-time listeners will, will know that I very much favor kind of, uh, um, like, builds that are weird but are still effective type of deal. So, like, you know – one hand shield, one hand fist is just like amusing to me, or like two shields, right? Like with, with bashing or whatever is amusing, <laughs> which is a thing you can do in in uh, Valhalla, actually. Um, but like this this is this is kind of my my uh, my dirty secret um, is like because it's like officially supported in Assassin's Creed, it instantly becomes much less appealing to me. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it doesn't. It doesn't feel like you're bending the rules as much if uh mm-hmm. if you know, if you're not doing it the the real way. There's there's a couple there's a couple of things in there too. I mean there's this this is a way off tangent, but like I also like being left handed in games because I'm left handed in real life. Um, oh, so, so if
1: you can do either hand. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Then then it's then that it lets you know like that that's that's the form of expression that I'm I'm particularly interested in, but you know. That's 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 a whole other discussion, but uh, but, but yeah, um. Yeah, I you know I do think that there is another piece. of... So
1: another another open world sort of RPG that I'm thinking about is Dragon Age, right? Um, there is sort of support for stealth builds in Dragon Age, but I think that it actually elucidates a bigger, more. I don't know, complex problem, which is just sort of that, like, the game mode of stealth action is so far removed from a typical action that, like, in Dragon Age, it's very easy for me to make warrior combat feel good and make mage combat feel good and to make, you know, rogue combat feel good in a very straight-up, straightforward way, right? But it is much harder for the Dragon Age games, which have that ability to sort of, like, give you stealth and give you kind of like stealth options and opportunities to deliver on the same sort of fantasy just because like engaging in those systems is so far removed from what the game is built to reward right and that like at a certain point maybe what we're really talking about is there is a different kind of um you know like a set of mechanics that define stealth gameplay that is just wholly removed and just happens to be in the same place as the mechanics in, uh, like an action RPG, if that makes sense. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: I, I, I think so. Um. Yeah. So, so what? Like, it's like the, the stealth system is such a distinct part of the, uh, like, such a separate, like, distinct is, in, is in separate from like. The action mechanics, it's, it's, it's more compelling. Or am I... Yeah, like, in Dragon Age, you
1: can stealth around, but you really can only use it for, like, one wiping aggro in a fight or two positioning. You don't have the same ability to sort of, like govern encounters and, like, do patrols and, or anything like that, which you would expect in, a, like, a Far Cry or a Skyrim, right? Where you can, like, there's, here's a lone guy out on his own. I'm going to pick him off or whatever. In Dragon Age, that sort of thing never happens and would never, like, and never works that way. If you want to use stealth, you can use stealth in combat as a way to, you know, sneak up behind an enemy and get a guaranteed crit on them. Or if an enemy is focusing at you, you can drop, you can drop your threat. Um, or, you know, Anything along those sorts of lines, right, where, like, you can use stealth as sort of, like, an in-action RPG set, but even though that is using stealth mechanics, I actually would not say that that is stealth gameplay in the same way that any of this other stuff is stealth gameplay, because it's just interfacing with these mechanics in a completely different way, right, and it's also just, like, not very supported, I guess I would say, um... And it would require some pretty hefty redesigns in order to be supported. So, in a certain sense, it's sort of like, not, it's not la- like laying two play styles against one another. Where it's like, oh, well, I prefer to do south. Oh, well, I prefer to do whatever. Like, a, a play style might be ranged combat. A play style might be a mage, right? Um, it, is, it is two genres that just happen to occupy the same game space. In the same way, like, we talk about this with WoW, right? Where it's like, um, you know, you have raiding and you have rated battlegrounds and those are two se- separate genres essentially that both kind of live in the whole in, in world of warcraft or like torgast is a roguelike that just lives in world of warcraft um as sort of like a, this macro this like macro game i think maybe what we're describing is that there is there is a stealth genre aspect of some of these games and there is an action genre aspect of some of these games and the stealth genre is easier to engage with
0: so I think, I think, I think there's a lot there that's correct. Um, and I think, how do I, I so I, I, think you're, I think you're, you're correct, but I, there's like a nuance that I'm, I'm trying to, to, to fish out here that I, that I, like, so Hitman, right? The, 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 especially the new, the new, the new ones, the three came out recently. I haven't played it yet, but, um, like, that game looks a lot like um, Far Cry to me, like right? in, in that like you you can you can't exactly go hop, but that's kind of like exterior mission parameters. But like in the actual mechanics of the game, right? Like there's the stealth stuff, but like the the action stuff just is kind of like there. Like is there if you need to. Like you can like throw briefcases at people or whatever, right? And that's like, and so like. Maybe the dirty secret is that like Skyrim is like to to accentuate your point. Skyrim is actually a stealth game that has action elements in it, right? Like like yeah. and that's I mean, not like I mean. that's not what like it means to be, but that's just kind of the way that it that it ends up falling out, right? Because like mm-hmm. like there isn't and, you know this this ties back into like the melee combat isn't particularly compelling in Skyrim. There isn't like there isn't a parallel system of melee mechanics, right? That <laughs> is as engaging to occupy the same kind of slot as stealth mechanics are, right? So it's, it's not that there's, you know, there's a stealth game and an, an action combat game in the same system of, in Skyrim It's there's a stealth game and like boring other stuff in Sky, you know, or like boring other forms of combat in Skyrim because they didn't bother to make, or not bother, but like they the, the track just isn't as compelling. Um, because like, I, I wouldn't say that the stealth mechanics in in Skyrim are particularly well done or particularly compelling there are better stealth games out there they're just kind of naturally more compelling by the way things kind of shake out um,
1: I actually think that the most compelling aspect of Skyrim and and I do hold true that like Skyrim is a truly great game right that it's like you know it's a, like it, it is it is part of the pantheon of classic games that we'll talk about in game you know theory classes 20 years from now a college professor will be talking about skyrim the way that we talk about king kong right in a film class or something but i think the thing that makes it that is the immersive kind of management sim aspect of it right like this the way that it like simulates life in a in a holistic sense by you know like First of all, giving you, like, goals, but just, like, the small things, like, inventory management, like, the all of the stuff they did with the house, that house DLC is great and a ton of fun, leveling up, like, leveling up uh, skills like blacksmithing or alchemy or, um, you know, like, these non-combats, It is, like, that whole picture that I think makes Skyrim a very good game, much less any one of these individual, you know, like, any one of these individual parts, and I do think that there is something to say, like, you know, I think that's true of Far Cry, for instance, Far Cry is probably not a game that stands up based on its action mechanics in a true sense. The thing that makes Far Cry interesting is it like presents you with kind of um, complex problems, and you have to intuit and create sort of emergent solutions, right? It just shows you the outpost, and it shows you a bunch of stuff in that outpost, that you could or can do. For instance, here's a cage with a bear in it. If you open that cage the bear is going to attack the guards right you don't you don't have to do that it's not like it's a mission objective to open the cage and attack the guards or whatever you just have to clear the outpost and whatever way you do to do that is up to you right like one of my favorite things to do in far cry is lace a place with c4 and then just like watch back it's like it's like setting up dominoes or something right where you know you are um you're putting down a bunch of c4 that you can blow whenever you're ready right and then you, you put, like, remote mines all over the place so that, like, when reinforcements show up, you know where those reinforcements are going to come. So you hit the one thing, and then everybody starts panicking, and they go to cover, but then there's another C4 there. You blow that one, five guys blow up or whatever, and you're just, like, on the mountaintop, like, watching. That's, like, stealth gameplay in a certain sense, but, like, the fun of it is in kind of creating that, that um, Rube Goldberg machine in your head that is um that is like slowly trickling down all of this death and destruction and mayhem right reinforcements are coming in on a jeep and then they blow up because you put a remote mine right on the right on the edge of the driveway where they're going to come in sort of thing or a proximity mine whatever they're called um right on the edge of the driveway i just don't think the action mechanics have anything that is to that level as satisfying as the stealth mechanics create that level of satisfaction right um or even just like ghosting a you know like if you if you kill all of the guys, no alarms get raised, and no one ever sees you, you have ghosted the the outpost, which gives you like a reward. it gives you like a monetary reward., uh, but that's honestly like barely why I do it. It's just a challenge that makes it more fun and interesting to like slow it's like you're a you know uh. like uh like the the slasher in a slasher movie you're just like picking off these cards one by one and you and you 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 do your reconnaissance you see where everybody is you get a good look about where everyone is and you're like okay here are the vulnerable guys i'm gonna pull them out or i'm gonna you know stash a body here to draw someone over to it and then kill them at the body sort of thing and you just like go through and like those mechanics are just so much more interesting and engaging than the mechanics of shooting guys i feel like in in most far cry games and scenarios
0: hmm. i wonder i wonder if there's like so i i see what you're saying and i think it's it's right i'm like uh, the thing i'm thinking of there is, is there's like no parallel like loud goal that you can get like opposite it that like would be mutually exclusive maybe right but like i was thinking like maybe the way you do that is like have you ever played devil may cry no have you seen people play devil may cry
1: uh, Let's no, because I don't know where you're going with this.
0: So, part of part of the thing with with with, the, with those games, with character action games in general, is like you can like beating the level isn't the hardest thing, but the point is to do it stylishly, right? Like you get like style points as you're beating up enemies, right? So, like, sure. like maybe the right answer here is in addition to like your ghost objective, you can also have like you know beat the beat the level with like ten thousand style points, right? And like that's like like really a thing. That you or beat the opposite style point is there a thing that you you only get kind of going loud because it has to be like oh shade interesting actions?
1: I actually think that's correct I, I, I would I, in my sense I think it would be reinforcements the primary thing that you do when you ghost is you deny them the ability to like reinforce the position but maybe you make an objective that's like you want them to reinforce the position and then you defeat the reinforcements right so it's like you are attacking the outpost you successfully attack the outpost right. And then you, you know, let's say a timer goes off and it's like one minute until reinforcements and you summon maybe a couple of guys and now you are kind of playing the defensive aspect mm. and now you know you need to take down they co- they show up with a helicopter they show up with like really powerful weaponry but like the only reason that that's going to happen is because you decided to like go loud and now you have to defeat this encounter which is primarily a loud encounter right maybe you can do a little bit of prep work maybe you can lace a couple of mines here or there or whatever uh, but at the end of the day you want to be with a light machine gun you know, nailing 50,000 guys. Yeah, uh, and that, that, like c- that kind of thing. That
0: commensurately gives you an award, a reward that's better for the going loud stuff, whereas, like, the ghost thing will give you a ghost reward, right? Like, you know, the stealth yeah. point versus a loud point, uh, you know. It's um, one of the, it's
1: kind of like, in, one of the things about Assassin's Creed Valhalla that's interesting is, like, the raiding mechanic, mm-hmm. where it's like, that's definitionally a loud, you, you can't stealth a fucking raid, right? You are going to ram your boat on shore and just run into the like run into the cathedral i guess if you wanted to you could get like certain individual like stealth kills or whatever but it's just um i don't know it's just a completely different skill set than for instance um you know uh one of like those like templar missions would would maybe require you to be stealthy and to use your sort of like stealth game knowledge or they're actually a better example of this there are certain places on the map that will have like an aura of distrust so you have to like kind of like stay low profile those areas are places that test your stealth mechanics in the same way that like raids which are pretty foundational to valhalla um test your kind of loud mechanics yes yeah.
0: no that, that's that's true but again like the reason I'm, I'm spinning through this is is because like you know i'm, I'm interested in like a game that like Encourages you to like go loud is like a real choice, right? Like you know, you could be a loud character, you could be a soft character, or you know, a stealth character, and both are like equally rewarded things. And I, I'm glad to see that at least one of our one of our viewers has good taste and has played Devil May Cry. Um, thank thank you, Phil. Uh, it is a, it is a great game, and uh, it is so much fun. I, I had so much fun playing DMC five last year. Uh, it's you know. Um, even though I'm not great at it, but you know, I just love that, that kind of like that that filthy style stuff. I
1: do think that actually keys into another piece of it, right? Which is the the sort of Payday Two problem of you are essentially designing two different maps. One of the things mm. that defines Payday Two is your loadout, right? Like you walk into a map with a loadout, and you can't do a stealth mission transitioning into a loud mission in that game really at all. Maybe on the very low level difficulties, but on any of like the kind of like real meat of meat and potatoes difficulties of that game mode, you need to either walk in with a stealth set or a loud set and it's defined at creation. And if you fuck it up, you have to restart, right? Like you you are very rarely going to be in a position where you know like you know something I think about all the time is in it like when it comes to wow rating is sort of the magic of the like half the raid dead one percent kill we got one of those this week on heroic artificer zymox right and it's a very common thing in in progression rating right where the first time that you kill a boss you are eking it out by the skin of your teeth, and that creates this really exciting feeling, right? You have a bunch of people who are dead, people who have died to these mechanics. You know, it's just 5% left. Oh, can, like, the DPS and the tanks hold on long enough, and eventually, you know, 80% of the raid is dead, but the remaining couple of guys kill it. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, it is remarkable how often that is the case, and how it's almost engineered to be the case, right? But now when we go into fights, for instance, in normal Nathria, right, when we're going into fights that we downed in that same way with like half the raid dead or whatever. Now we, we defeat those encounters as a matter of course with nobody dying at all. Right. Um, and maybe this is just like a Testament to the ability of kind of humans to progressively iteratively improve on things like this. Like it is remarkable to me, the difference between a 1% wipe and a kill in terms of like week over week, like once you get a kill on a boss, it really feels like you have that boss down, and you can come back and you can do it again, and you're so much better at doing it, doing it right. Um, <clears throat> and that is a feeling that kind of gets engineered in a certain sort of sense in um, in like stealth games where you end up going loud, but like you 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 eke it out. If I'm doing a, if I'm doing a payday run right and we're robbing a bank and for 90 percent of the run we've got it on stealth but then just like one person randomly walks by sees a guy calls the cops and now i have to leak out You got the last 10 percent of that mission in loud that's really engaging and kind of like tense in a way that um i don't know it's just like it's like interesting but in most scenarios if i'm in a payday to lobby and as soon as that person calls the cops everyone's gonna restart which is like which is like another just weird problem yeah. of the like the stealth genre and the action genre living next to each other.
0: Yeah, cuz th- that's a good point, right? Cuz like you could see like the value in trying to eke out that finish, right? Like if you know it, it, take, it takes you 40 minutes to do the stealth part, you know it's like well it's worth finishing it out to get the reward at the end, right? Like this is kind of like why it's worth finishing out like a a mythic plus that you're not going to time, right? Like Right, yeah. Um but, like, there's, there's definitely a point at which the that, like, that, that switch flips, and in single-player games, like, like we've gone over, it, it comes down to save-scumming a bunch, uh, right? Like, maybe that's, like, a good defense of, like, why checkpoints are still a thing in games instead of being instant in saves at all times, right?
1: Like, I actually do think, by the way, that now that I'm thinking about Assassin's Creed, or I'm sorry, now I'm thinking about Payday 2, Payday 2 has a bunch of really interesting mechanics that I think other stealth games would do well to adopt like, other open-world stealth games would do well to adopt in order to preserve that. Like, one of the core foundations of Payday 2 stealth gameplay is what's called um, pagers, which is if you kill a guard, right, they they radio a pager in their, like, dying breath, essentially, right? So if you kill a guard, you knock a guard out, they're going to click on their pager, and someone is going to go to that pager and go, hey, are you all right? And you have to answer, right? Right. And you get four of these, right? So, and and, and, each, and answering takes like 30 seconds. You sit on that corpse and you answer the pager for 30 seconds where you're talking into the pager, right? this makes the act of killing guys very dangerous in payday 2 which is absolutely not the case in most other stealth games right because not only do you have to kill the guy you have to then sit on his corpse and you are expending an incredibly valuable oh this is the other piece of it you only get four pages right so you can do this four times in a mission the fifth time the guy on the other end of the walkie talkie will realize something is up and he's going to call the cops on you right so the alarm will naturally go off so you can't kill more than four people the moment you kill a fifth person and you let that pager go you 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 are fucked essentially um and what this and this means mechanically is one killing guys is a real resource that you have to think very carefully about right killing wrong or bad targets has negative consequences right like if you kill a guy who's doing a route out in the middle of nowhere that is very unlikely to see you or your group or whatever he has a lot less valuable a kill than the guy sitting right outside the vault right maybe you can just sneak right past that guy but it's much harder right and it also means that um, you can't kind of take kills at on the on the fly taking on the fly kills almost always will mean somebody catches you on the pager because you're sitting there on the corpse of a guy in the middle of everything for 30 seconds and you're frozen there before you can take that body and move it to like a, a, a better location out of the way right like you want to throw it in a dumpster so nobody sees it again you can but you have to sit on it for 30 seconds and hold down the interact button if somebody comes up and she you can't just shoot that guy as well which is something you could do in like fallout or in like or in, like, Skyrim. And it also means that you're just going to be leaving lots of guards up, right? So over the course of the entire mission, you're not whittling the number of guards down such that at the end there's only one guy, and as long as you keep him in sight and you know where he is, you're fine. You never have to worry about, you know, his line of sight or his his issues at all. You can just walk up behind him and kill him, essentially, right? Because there's going to be so many guards that you are not going to have the mathematical ability to kill that you are always going to have to be worried about so I don't know that's, that's an interesting mechanic in terms of you know preserving or making stealth gameplay better like that is a mechanic that I think makes stealth gameplay and action gameplay better because it means that you know you just can't in a game of payday you know if you are going to stealth through the whole thing you're going to have to really work at it right I guess is what I would say it is not a water finds a you know, like a water finds a crack strategy
0: Mm. No, that makes that that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, huh? Huh? Yeah, no, it's it it it's interesting because like that makes sense for like so we talked about like a stealth perfect run. We talked about a potential solution for like a uh like a like a, a full loud run, like and it's like well, is there a way to then also like in, like you know encourage like, you know allow a uh. Uh, like a, a hybrid run that doesn't like, but like at that point, right? Like, like, so my thought is that, is that like, if you, if you equally, like if there's a way to do a hybrid run, that's also advantageous, like then you either have to give a specific hybrid run reward, or like you end up like pushing things in one direction or another, or if you like, kind of like make the reward structure flat, I think it still ends up drifting towards stealth archery for all the reasons we've been discussing over the, the whole cast. It's, it's, it's huh. I don't know if I've got gonna- another
1: piece of that. Another piece of that is also the way that um, you know if I kill a guard in Deus Ex, I like get 20 XP or whatever. Right. If I knock that guard out stealthily I still get that twenty XP. If I just avoid that guard, I don't get experience. Mm. If I just, if I don't kill the guys in Far Cry, I don't get that experience. In fact, I definitionally have to literally kill every single person in the outpost in order to, in order to defeat an outpost encounter. So you know, in on one end, Payday is directing you away from the full lethal. Right, you're just gonna leave a bunch of guys up. Um, but you're also not, you know, you're never gonna be in a situation where like you get to get um you get to get experience from those like maybe you could do a thing where at the end of a mission or something like that you get experience as if you killed every guard that never saw you right, right? or something kind of along those
0: lines yeah no yeah that's uh, that's fair too right like yeah that's that's uh, uh, you know I think I think the easier answer there is like You just don't generate, like, you know, you don't generate experience based on... Like, like Payday's like this, right? Like, it's based on the mission, right? It's not like... Yeah. It's not like you get experience per person killed. You just get experience for finishing the mission, right? Like, which... um, Correct. uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, we've talked a lot about experience on the cast, and the more we've talked about it, the more solidly I feel that mission... That, like, experience should come from that. I really don't think experience in games should come from those sorts of low-level objectives almost at all anymore, frankly. Like, the way that we do experience in a and d game where it's like, did you accomplish the quest? Here's your experience is generally the best way to do it, rather than, like, banking a certain amount of experience. Oh, you killed nine wolves and you got 100 experience for each of them, split four ways or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's... So, so the Angry GM has an article about why that is entirely wrong and how, why you must be... Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of an older one but it's it's, it's interesting because like I don't like the thing he described as being the problem is I don't feel I don't feel that as much but like there, I think that there's this like weird kind of like Ludo narrative problem with tabletop games um in that like you know if you're playing a video game right like you can feel the experience you've missed by like not like you know there's theoretically like experience on the map that you don't get, right? Like, whereas in a tabletop game, like, encounters you don't do aren't, like, it's, it, it, how, do, how do I put it, it? They're not, like, like potential encounters missed aren't particularly real in a tabletop game, right? Because it's, like, it's not like you're running back through the game at a different point and picking that up so you can contrast it, right? Like, it's not like you can, like, okay. go yeah. on, it's not like you can go on, like, game FAQs and see, like, you know, which... Which uh, which which encounters you missed the Adventure Pass, and thus which kind of like like loot you've missed. Like that, that's, I think that's part of the pro, Like that's part of like the, the inherent kind of like mental problem with, with tabletop. It's not a problem, but like the differences with TTRPGs, right? Like is is uh, is things missed don't really exist in a way. Like you, you in order to make those have weight, you have to like signal to the player that they've missed them. Um, and that's like a hard thing to do in a tabletop RPG setting because it's all like because it's all a narrative, right? Like it's 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 almost like a Chekhov's like an inverse Chekhov's gun or a converse Chekhov's gun, if that makes sense. Am, am I making any sense at all?
1: Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense to me. Though I do think in a certain in a certain way, it doesn't matter. Like I, th- that's a little like extra to what I think of as I don't know. Um, I guess I feel like experience is a is a currency you gain by doing stuff, right? Right. So I don't really think of it as in the opportunity cost of like what what is the potential that I'm missing. It is what is the reward that I got for doing what I did. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right, right, right. no, no. but like that's I think you're right. I think I think that's why it doesn't map. Like I think that even though it kind of like comes out of the tradition of TTRPGs, that's kind of like a a guideline for like, you know, GMs to be able to paste their own stuff, right? Like it's in less, you know, less than in kind of like a, a video game where it's kind of like a a, a hard marker, right? Like, um, uh, because like, yeah, like I mean, it's it's uh, like your motivation for doing anything in a TTRPG has to be kind of like driven by the story first and foremost, right? Like, I think, only, like, like in a TTRPG, you never go and, like, you know, okay, we need to find, like, a pack of wolves to slay to gain experience, right? Like, even, yeah. like, even like you know, we need to go train with them is, like, maybe makes sense, but, like, I've never been in a scenario where that, like, even, like, is a thing that anybody wants to do, right? No one wants to, like, you know, grind combat encounters for, to, to like, level up. People want to level up because, you know, they, they see, like, the... Uh, the, you know, the, the power that their character gains down the road. But, like, it's, it, it kind of doesn't make sense to kind of, like, honestly, funnily enough, like, the only system where I think that this comes into effect, effect this the system works like that is Star Wars, um, because, yeah. like, because, like, everything's so piecemeal, right? And it's like, well, we can do this thing. And it's not even, it's not even, like, and it's still given at the, the experience is given at the mission level anyway. So, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's, there's a whole cast in there, maybe. But uh, and my thoughts aren't super organized on it. Um, and we're a little bit off of stealth archery, and we're hitting the hour mark. Do you do you do do you have anything else you want to talk about that, or do you want to move into our? No, nope, I
1: think we covered it. I feel like uh, we we really got to the bottom of this one. Um, the one thing that I like, I feel like a real answer to this that maybe we'll see over time is better AI. That yeah. is the underrepresented piece of the puzzle I that I don't you. think people talk talk a lot about, whereas it's just that, like, the AI systems in a lot of these games is not very complicated, and the more complicated it becomes, the better it becomes, um, the more sophisticated it becomes, the more this problem will sort of, like, go away. Or change, I guess, really, you know, is, uh, yeah. is what I would rather sort of say. I,
0: I, I think that there's a piece of this, too, that you know maybe we'll see at some point, which is, like, how much fun is like a realistic AI going to be in this scenario, right? Like, you know, if mm. if you want to play stealth and every time you shoot someone, everybody just hides for like six hours, it's not like a fun thing to do, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Unless you make like unless you make like waiting, I guess, like and like you know, like being able to hit like the wait key to be like a real intrinsic part of the game. Um Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, anyway,
1: how was your week? What did you do? Tell me all about it.
0: Uh, I mean, so maybe maybe we we should start with since we've forgotten about it for the past couple of weeks. Uh, where you know, kind of where I left it off is like Star Wars, right? Like how like we, yes, we both played Star
1: Wars. We should talk about Star Wars, which we have been playing a whole bunch.
0: Uh, yeah. So uh, we we've, we've been doing this uh, ocean uh, ocean's love is maybe not the right, but we've been doing this heist, this bank mm-hmm. heist, um, over the past like what three or four weeks. Um, yeah uh and it's been a, uh, it's been how, what, what have you thought of it thought of it so far because you came in a little, a little i had delay. a lot
1: of fun i really enjoyed there was one session where i really loved it which was the um there was one the one where we were like first casing people we were getting an understanding of who the different people inside of the heist were and the person that i went to talk to was eliza and i actually fucked that up really hardcore like i whiffed my stealth checks. She was using this, these force powers on me. But, like, there was just, like, a very good character moment of in the encounter where it turns out Elias is a Jedi who's trying to get, like, the gem. And she hates clones, because obviously Omega is a clone. But Omega is... all Like, Omega also resents the Empire for, essentially... You know, because he doesn't have an inhibitor chip. He didn't respond to Order 66. But he watched all of his compatriots do, do that, right? Um, and that was just, like, a really nice, like potent story moment that i was a big fan of um i haven't really done as much when it came to when it came to this um i definitely feel the uh like the encounter was not really built for you know heavy combat characters which is what omega more or less is um there wasn't there was a good amount of sort of like stealthing around and figuring shit out which which is always like fun and i like that aspect of omega which is a different you know normally i'm kind of playing a quasi-face in some variety, but Omega has no face stuff. He is all brawn, all agility, right, built for athletics checks, coordination checks, acrobatics checks, you know, and shooting guys. Um, so, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I, think we've got an interesting dynamic coming down because, like, we've got, like, you know, Ark is is basically our face, and then, like, we've got, like, what I like to call the engineer core... And they all, like, like, you know, they love to, like, sit down, like, you know, X especially loves to, like, sit down and, like... Like, you know, figure out the plan and right and D four is like, What are we gonna well point me at the computer, let me hack it, right? I think I think that's like, I know that's
1: the thing that I love, is like the let's find a computer to hack it. Like not <laughs> not like, Oh, there happens to be a computer here. I'm so glad that D four, our amazing slicer, is at the party. It's like no, there's a computer somewhere near and I bet it's gonna give us something good. Let's find it.
0: <laughs> how hard would it which, <laughs> how hard would it be for me to hack something to substitute for these social checks? It's like like a thing that happens all the time. Yeah, that, <laughs>
1: but and 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 to be honest, I think that would bug me. Maybe, I don't know. In in other versions of games, maybe that would bug me, but it actually seems right in Star Wars, I guess, in a way. I don't know how else to describe this, but, like, Star Wars it does feel like um, a more skill-focused game than something like Dungeons & Dragons, right? So, like, I would probably be frustrated if, like, the wizard kept trying to cast spells to, like, you know, circumvent sort of, like, social problems. But, if there's something about it all being skill checks that just sort of, like, feels fair in my—I I don't know how else to describe this. It just, like, feels fair to try and, like, goose encounters by playing to your strengths as a slicer or a mechanic or whatever else.
0: Right. And I, I, think, I think the other side of this, too, and, and maybe this is a thing that will work out better for us if we decide to embrace it, is, like, you know— D4 figuring out what he can do on a computer in a fight, I think is a reasonable thing for him to do. And I think he's pretty decent at it, right? That or he just mm-hmm. kind of like hides in a corner and is like, I just won't care for this fight, which, you know, I think with the size of our party, that's a little bit more feasible than uh, than yeah. like in, in other things. But like maybe the answer on the other side is for the combat characters to be like, well, maybe there's something I can shoot in this social encounter, right? Like and, and not be a <laughs> and not be like a terrible idea. But like, the, you know, that's essentially what happened at the, you know, it's like, the stealth, like everybody stealthing around to do this heist, is like, well, we could, you know, it's, you know, Omega and Chad are like lined up, and you know, we could just like shoot the shit out of these I, two guys. I,
1: I really enjoyed the the RP of having an ion pistol in one hand to shoot the like alarm, and a regular pistol in the other hand to shoot the guy. You know, to uh, to like disable the force field around the gem. Like that's just like a really neat image. I feel like.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I, th- I thought that worked out. Like, I don't know. I Like, even though, like, for most of that session, like, I was not doing a lot, right? Like, you know, like, Jab was not doing a lot. Jab was like, you know, this is a social session. And, like, the sniper, the, the dour sniper Gungan just kind of, like, stood and, like, you know, made suggestions. Like, met, like, like most of my talking in, like, that part of it was, like, Mango talking as, like, a strategist more than it was Jad. Which, you know, less, less, a I'm less happy with that than I, you know, I would have rather been in JAD and maybe I should have pushed myself more in that direction, but it was it was, it was fine. Um, but I think that that's, like, I think that that's, like, fine. And it's, it's, it's cool that it works out that way because, like, you know, D&D and PF2E, like, as much as people want it to, you know, be like, it is built around these pillars of exploration and social interaction. It's like, no, it's, it's combat. Everything revolves around combat, right? Like, like you know, fully two-thirds of the mechanics at least our combat in in the and that's fine, but like you know, y- being a not combat character doesn't make sense in in, in in your typical fantasy RPG.
1: Yeah, are you enjoying? Are you? We, we talked at the end of the session about the possibility of like we have this time slot, we have this group, but maybe we tr- try a new system, do another thing. Are, are you feeling fatigued by Star Wars? Are you enjoying late game Star Wars? We've been doing the Star Wars game for a, you know a couple of months now, at least almost. Uh, it's
0: over a year, I, I don't think. Because over a year I, it's it's close to it at least oh
1: you're right because it came out this time last year because it was the mandalorian was in december well and no, we no the Mandalor-
0: mandalorian we, we watched the mandalorian late but like that's what that was what the seed was right yeah yeah um, yeah mm-hmm. well okay so it's not quite a year yet because the other part of the the, the inspiration here was uh, the lockdown <laughs> and that oh that, yeah <laughs> it was quarantined yeah, yeah. that's true <laughs> so like it's probably like close to 11 months or, or 10 10 to 11 months i think i think at this point um uh, but, uh, yeah, so, um, so I'm, I'm enjoying it, like, I'm enjoying it mostly just, like, purely on story, story basis, right? Cause, like, like, combat encounters are kind of trivialized, but at this point for all of us, Fair enough. um, and it's not, it, it doesn't feel bad. It's just kind of like, you know, it feels great to roll a die, and like, 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 seven, you know, like 72 damage, like, haha, I'm the best sniper, and I sniped real good, um, but, like, I could I could see myself enjoying a different kind of game system, but, like, I don't, like, not that I, I wouldn't enjoy those things. It's just that, like, those things would all require a much bigger kind of investment, right? Like, I don't think you could have, like, a drop-in, drop-out um, D&D game um, that, that is as compelling Um <laughs> Uh, apparently our GM is watching. <laughs> uh, All right, we need to change the topic right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly enough, I am. The, I think the thing that I'm responding to most in Star Wars is getting something every session, which is not common to like in in D lot of the time in our or like Pathfinder in our games, you know, it's like it's like two or three sessions in order to like level up or to like get or like the the new stuff that you get like very rarely, kind of like kicks in every session but this like every session you're gaining a big chunk of experience which feels great and fun right and i really look forward to that like i'm responding Mm -hmm. very much to the i want to get the new the next talent, you know the next talent in my tree or you know the next point like skill point to make my whatever checks better right like that's something that is that is fairly unique i almost sort of think that it, it it feels like we're just leveling up every every session. And I wonder what it would be like to play a Pathfinder or a Dungeons and Dragons game where that is the case, where every session you at the end of every session you gain a level, right? And you become a so like whatever.
0: So there's I think a different version of this and I don't know if they have it for 2E, but I know in 1E there are alternate rules for like doing like like getting features at like an accelerated rate that like mm. is so like you know, you know you level up in PF2E, I noticed a little bit like, you know, like I just hit level four in one of my games and I get, it got a, a class feet and a skill feet, um, or it was level eight, but you know, so like, if like that was split up, right? Like if I got the skill feet at like a certain point in level and I got like a, you know, a, a class feet and like those were based on a little bit more. Cause that's effectively what star Wars is doing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. It's unbundling those features. That might be an interesting, uh, uh, here's the thing way to do it. Uh, oh my god,
1: fails just said the greatest thing in check. I hear Pathfinder Two E is like fourth edition D and D, and I'm all for it. I also am all for it. I loved fourth
0: edition. It is not quite like four E <laughs> in that way, but it is. It is. I I, I love PF Two E. I've thing. actually
1: I've actually been hearing some very bad things about second edition Pathfinder recently. I saw a YouTube video popped up on my recommended list that was like, I'm leaving Pathfinder second edition, and here's why. And I watched that video and then I got a bunch of other, it's like the algorithm was like, oh, you fucking hate Pathfinder second edition? Oh, oh, let me show you all these videos about people being mad about it. Um, You'll you'll have to put that on
0: to me. What's like the the thesis there? Or what's the general
1: thesis? um, so, the thesis is that RP sucks, and that combat is a slog, um, and, uh, and the guy is, like, or, it, it is, it is that, it is that, like, the, the, the only real rules that exist for the game are combat. Nobody uses the RP rules for the RP st- encounters, right? People are just talking, right? And that's fine, and that's fair, but, like, you can just do that in any system, right? So... At that point, the only thing you're using the system for is combat rules, right? And the Pathfinder 2nd edition rules are just so fucking crunchy that it just like removes all the fun out of those combat encounters because people hyper optimize, basically. Um, PF2 is much, doing less, same thing.
0: It's much less crunchy than money, though, right? Like,
1: I, I, you know, I guess that's fair. But he just talks about how, like, the people just they they fall into these. Um, it's like a rotation and wow, right? Okay. Um,
0: I could I I could understand that and that like there's like it feels like maybe there's like less kind of like there's less like so the system's a little bit like the math is much cleaner, right? So like there's maybe not as yeah. much joy in kind of like in like abusing the crunch like one e you could go crazy, right? Which is like fun in its own way, but like it also like I don't know makes like I feel like PF one e is more fun in theory than it is in practice, if that makes sense. Right, Mm -hmm. like you build your character, like oh boy, I'm gonna do all this cool stuff with my character, and then you like trivialize combat encounters, right? (laughs) Like, you know, that's like not like super fun. Um, uh, and like the the like the 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 2e side of that is like maybe things are a little samey, right? Like, maybe like you don't have enough options, but like that might just be kind of like you know, we've got like three books, right? Like, Pathfinder. And they're not doing the splat books like they did in one e, which uh, is yeah. probably for the better. But like you know, you know, if we were ten years into two, if we're ten years into two e, and we don't have the kind of breadth, like I think there's maybe a case that like the right way to play PF two e is to be a little bit generous, kind of like bonus stuff, right? Like you know, maybe let people, um, like have a couple extra feats in different ways that like because like I f- I find that like like at level. Feats don't stack with each other so much as they're, like, different paths. And so long as, like, you're not, like, letting things stack too much, I don't think there's a problem, if that makes sense. Um, yeah,
1: so, and then the thing that he basically ended on was saying, like, look, if I'm playing the game purely for its combat rules, right? Because I'm not using, you know, we're not using any of the social stuff. Um, and uh, and my two options are essentially 5th edition Dungeons and & Dragons and 2E Fifth edition is just more sh- kind of, like, streamlined and straightforward. I don't know. I'll find the video. We, and and okay. you, you can make your... I'm probably paraphrasing his arguments in a pretty, no. like, not great way. Um, but I but it was very interesting. I've still never played 2 weeks, yeah, so well, I fair don't well. have a, uh, an understanding of, you know, whether or not he's he's right or wrong.
0: No, I would definitely be be interested. In, like, you know, I think I think playing a, I, think I play a lot of... T- I am in three 2e games at this point uh so you know i like it'd be a fun thing to, to to do um but like uh like i would i would love to at least like play like a, a short-term thing with 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 the people in in the, in the star wars group just to kind of like feel that out and like get get your feedback on the experience too right because like it's it's uh it's it's an interesting system
1: yeah uh, i'm like in in a in a far-flung future Uh, maybe, maybe not a far-flung future. I don't know. I'm enjoying Star Wars and I would be voting no in that situation. Um, but I wouldn't want, uh, if people start getting like bored of the game, I would just want to transition into another system and having, you know, having fun doing that. Um, rather than, you know, so I don't know.
0: So, so interesting thing just because it came up in the chat, you know, Ragnarok, our, our current Star Wars GM. Um, since I like hitting on twos it's interesting because like that's not a thing that's like keyed as much to like your like your your particular choice of builds but like in the um 2e game that I'm playing and like the the the, the kind of primary or the the one where we're furthest along the fighter hits on like low numbers right like he hits on like fives um almost um which is uh super interesting like none of the other characters get close to that, but they're all good at different things. So that's like, I think the thing that's like a little bit, and you know, it's not as good as hitting on twos, but it's a thing that's in more inherent to the class than it is to kind of like the, um, that it is to kind of like your feet built out, if that makes sense. Um, uh, as it's, it's part of that too, is that like, you can't have like hits on twos as, as, as much because like of the 10 up system, but the 10 up system is, I think a lot of fun for, for generating crits. Like, I think there's interesting choices to be made a lot in PF2E because on your second action, you could swing again. But if you swing again, you're at a, taking it at a minus, minus five, maybe minus four if you're using an agile weapon. Um, but you could also, like, make another check that doesn't have that attack penalty, right? Like, you could, like, make an intimidate check. You could cast a spell if you're something else, right? Like, you could move and reposition. I think that, like, makes the combat much more, much more um, uh, dynamic at least than the you know the one conga line of death um uh so uh
1: not that i want any of you to click away but just to immediately fulfill this for those of you in chat i have linked the video for those of you listening to the podcast the video is in the description um so maybe this is something that like we can talk about it once you have watched. We can talk about this next week or whatever if you watch the video and, and you know summarize uh, summarize your thoughts. I'm very outside of this conversation. I've never played a real five e game. I've never played a real two e game. So I don't have any kind of mode of comparison uh, for either of them. But it was it was just sort of like interesting. You know, like interesting to watch. I think one of the things that Pathfinder One E does really well. Um, That is sort of like the I like hitting on twos thing is when you're when your stars align and you are strong at the thing, it feels great. Right. Like I'm reminded of on Colbjorn. Right. All of the like the feet stacking that I did to have my throw my trips. Right. Like trigger, you know, the trip. And then they move a different square, and that triggers all these AOOs, and I'm pummeling the shit out of the guys. Every single one of these attacks does, like, a million damage or whatever. That wasn't an insanely common thing to happen. And a lot of the times, um, you know, like, I just wasn't in a good... You can't trip a fucking ooze, right? But, like, in the instance that I could trip the thing, it was the... it w- That was, like, the, the highlight, right? This is something that... Um, something that the 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 WoW lead, uh, Ian Hazakosis, talks about where he's like, you know, we want classes to be balanced, but we don't want them to be homogenized, right? So if you are a class and you are good at the thing, we want you to be good at that thing. And we want people to recognize that you are good at that thing and bring you for the reason that you are good at that specific thing. Arms Warriors have the best execute damage in the game, right? There is no class in the game when a boss or an encounter hits like sub- 20 percent health 35 percent health or whatever that is going to out dps an arms warrior and that and execute damage is the most valuable type of damage in the game so you'll see in raid you know like in raid environments right um people will bring warriors for that specific purpose right where it is like okay we want to we want to kill the boss it is so close to death you know we're not going to battle res the retribution paladin shout out to shout out to my boy Penled, who's not listening to this but is the top retribution paladin in our, in our raid we're going to battle res falinor because falinor is an arms warrior who's doing execute damage right um or what and whatever that looks like for whatever spec or class in the game right um and, uh, and I think that's a little bit of what Lani was was, like, facilitating. And I would be interested to hear or know if Pathfinder 2nd Edition has sort of failed that in a way. Because I think 4th Edition failed that in a way. Um, where it did homogenize a little bit too much, and it became very hard for, a, like, the different classes to sort of, like, stand out or have standout moments in the way that I could have standout moments in my brawler build on Colbjorn, Or you could have standout moments, you know, with, um, I don't know, whatever you were doing on Beauregard. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, uh, Beauregard, Beauregard was weird, like, right? Like um, Yeah, yeah, uh, Beauregard yeah. is... Attica, guess, Atticus... Was, uh, was, was, had his, like, you know, his sure. Sphinx moment. Or, like,
1: are there other people in, you know, yeah. other people in, uh, Hell's Rebels had standout
0: moments? So, I'm going like, to tell people. you that that is absolutely not the case. Like, I can, like, okay. I just, but I think the thing is, is it's not dependent on your, like, skill as a character builder, which is, I think, maybe what's, what the problem is, right? Like, interesting, right? Like, we, like, I could, like, again, the same game, right? The fighter crits all the fucking time, right? Like, Because he's got such a high bonus, right? Like, he has to roll marginally well, and he'll get a crit, right? Like, my character's a cleric. If somebody, like, you know, like, you know, some, like, the the rogue has, like, the battle medicine skill, right? And he'll, like, do a moderate, heal, and I'll be like, what are you doing with your mortal medicine? Abadar blesses you. And it's, like, you know, 60 healing. And everybody's like, oh, that's disgusting, like, disgusting amount of healing, right? It's like, well, that's what the cleric does, right? He does a disgusting amount of healing, right? Like, so, like, but, like, that's, like, inherent to the cleric right, like, and it's not, like, it's not, like, a thing I chose to right, like I'm playing kind of, like, a, a hybrid battle cleric, right, or, like, it's, it's one of the doctrines, but, like, he's still really good at healing, and that's what he does, or, like, and, like, when he, when it needs to happen, it happens, Um, and it's not, like, a, it's not, like, a, I didn't choose to make him an excellent healer, he's kind of, by his nature, an excellent healer, an excellent healer, Um, if that makes sense, so, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, I also think that, like, just, again, I'm going to say this is relatively early impression still cuz like you know I haven't played any game to like a super high level but like you know how like I I would say that like Pathfinder 1 felt really good around like 5th level like that's when you had enough power to be like not uh, not not terrible and like
1: Yeah, we talked about like fi- 5 to 12 or something. yeah Like this that was the sweet spot.
0: Yeah, it feels like the curve is pushed up a little bit, right? Like I feel like I'm really coming into that now in the game where I'm at 8th level. Um it also does a good job of like first level not being terrible. So, like, mm-hmm. um, the, that curve's flat a little bit. And I think and 5e is very good at keeping that relatively flat across everything, right? Like, like you never, like, you you don't, like, hyperscale. Like, PF2E, by design, hyperscales you, right? Like, the curve is, like, this in terms of your power level, right? Like, if you go fight something, 5e is very flat. Um, but, like, even though the, the scaling hyperscales in PF2E, like, the kind of, like, power, like, relative, like, Relative power unlocking or like options unlocking is a little bit like builds up, but it's a little bit like right now at eighth level. I feel like I'm fully coming into a place where like I have a good set of options to do in any fight against the character of my level. Um, and like if I'm going from new player to, to like you know through a campaign, I think that's the right pace. Um, I don't think it's bad at lower levels, though, like it gives it makes you feel like you have progress without like goosing the numbers, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Even though PF2 does boost numbers very hard, and I think that's that's different that has got different sort of effects. Whereas um, Five Five is actually also good at that, but um, it's in a different way. Um, I don't. Know. I think they're both very good games. So you know, there's that. But uh, you know, I'll watch the video. There'll be more to talk about. Um, we spent like the back half of this talking. Like I think we both just like I haven't played anything besides WoW. Um, even though I'm not even playing it that much, um, I just like haven't had time to put it. In. Have you Have you gone back to Valhalla? Or are you just playing WoW?
1: I am just playing WoW. So the other thing I'm doing is Stardew Valley. Okay, right, um, right. I've put a ton of time into Stardew Valley with a couple of friends, um, and uh, I I have been playing more WoW, and I'm good. I feel good about like the WoW. Like I I just completed. I did more mythics this week than in any other week, um, just by virtue of I really wanted to get. Um, there's what's called the There's the one chest, the four chest, the ten chest, right? The ten chest says You get an item based on the lowest Mythic that you did in the week, right? And, um, my... I really wanted my 10 chest to be at a plus 10 or higher for for Mythics, right? So I wanted to do 10 Mythics that were 10, 11, 12, right? Kind of all the way up. And I wanted my front chest to be a 12, because that increases the item level by 3. So I'm going to have one piece of 223 gear, two pieces of 220 gear in my chest that I'm going to open tomorrow. Um... That's great, and that feels really good, and I'm re- and I'm really like excited about it. But I actually did a lots a, a lot of eights and nines this week by to try and like get people into tens, and also just like because I was hanging out with the group and we were doing like with group stuff. So I actually ended up doing probably like fifteen mythics over the, the course of this week, and I just I just love it, man. I am a pig in shit when it comes to these fucking mythics. I know them like so well. And, and, this is, and this is one of the other th- things about it, is that because I went Necrolord's Arms Warrior... Necrolord's Arms Warrior gives you a three-minute kind of group CD um, that increases your crit by 10% and then two other people's kind of, like, crit by 10%. I've gotten really good and really precise with my banner, where it's like, okay, I know where I'm dropping my banner. Like, where are the good pulls for the banner? And... You know, it, it's not just, you know, a three minute CD, like whiffing a three minute CD is bad. So I hold it a lot of the times and I'll hold it for like, this is a rough pack, boom, we're going to drop the banner. We're going to give everybody 20% health, everybody 10% crit. We're going to really like, just like nuke these, like, nuke these packs down. Um,. And I don't know. And that's been that's been great. And that's been a lot of fun. And the funny thing is, this is apparently a terrible week to do Mythic Plus. Everybody said so. Everybody was like, fucking Mythics are awful this week. They are God awful this week. And I don't want to do any fucking like we're going to do one, you know, Mythic this week because the affixes are so bad or whatever. Um, And I guess I, I guess I get that. Um, but from my perspective, it's, yeah, not everyone. Phalenor is with me on this one, and good, good on you, Phalenor. But we had a bunch of friends, we were, like, talking about this in Raid, we had a bunch of friends who were like, oh, gross, bolstering, necrotic, I'm only gonna do, like, one affix this week, which is fine. Or I'm gonna do, like, one mythic this week, which is fine. But, like, because I want to be, like, good at mythics, I just don't, like, feel like, I don't know, it's like a slippery slope if you start looking at affixes and being like, oh, this is a good week, oh, this is a bad week, like, it's just another week, just do the, do the, do the content- according to how the 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 ethics is sort of like direct your play if that makes sense so for instance on a bolstering week which says that when a mob dies it increases the damage of the other mobs in a pack by 20 percent. so you don't want to take big pulls you want to you want to bring everybody down very evenly um and i had a bunch of groups wiped to this because they weren't respecting the bolstering people were doing pulls like they would in other weeks and getting these big groups of like seven eight guys and then seven of them die and the eighth one is like one-shotting people um But, yeah, from my my perspective, I don't want Mythics to be a kind of, like, one-key-fits-all-locks scenario, where it's, like, you're doing the same pulls each week, you're approaching them in the same way each week. I want to, like, respect those affixes and make decisions about those affixes that are, like, interesting and dynamic, and this has been a really interesting week for it. Also, I just feel like I'm getting really good at pugging. Um, This might be a good topic for later, like, just to bookmark this thought for a second. I think... The manual pugging system of Mythic Plus is good, and I think it might be a better matchmaking system, maybe, maybe, I think, maybe, than certain other games' automatic matchmaking systems. Really, I'm I'm calling League out here. I think the way that League does, um, the way that League does matchmaking, where you just enter a queue and you get matched, might be worse than the way that WoW facilitates pickup groups. In for for a mythic plus, and interesting. A, I, maybe I think we can maybe
0: we can maybe talk about that a
1: little
0: bit later. That yeah. that sounds like a, a full topic. That sounds like an interesting topic. Yeah. All right. Couple of couple of things in this kind of vein. One, have you have you heard of out? I think it's called Outriders. Nope. It's a it's so it's a looter shooter coming out in. It's supposed to come out in February, but it's coming out in like April, I think. But there's an the open beta coming in February. And like one of the things is that like so it looks kind of like almost like a. Like a soft reach. Oh, I trend. have
1: heard of this actually. Yeah. It looks kind of like I a didn't... discount
0: anthem, right? Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things is that like the end game kind of is supposed to be like mythics, right? Like or like riffs, right? So like maybe that'd be an interesting thing. Um, there's a fr- oh,
1: interesting. And, like, yeah, I I learned about this because someone said this was anthems but good on Twitter, and I watched the YouTube video and I was like, huh. That sure is a game coming out. The, no. And I didn't think about it past that at all. <laughs> F- friend of
0: the cast, Monarch, pointed it out to me. Um, and I was... Because, I, like, I, I like like the looter games. I, I like... I'm looking... Watching a video, and it's like, you know... The same thing... This is just... This seems just like... Like, I, I checked the developer, because I was like... Is this like a stealth relaunch of, 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 of Anthem? Because, like, it might be... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, it's Square Enix, right? Right, right,
0: right. The, 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 like, like, I was, like... I was only half joking though, like that's why I went and checked the publisher, right? Because like if it had been, yeah, I'd be like, this is like a, like, like this is like a secret stealth release or But it's, it's,
1: oh, these are the people who did Painkiller. Interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check out the Open Meta, but like that just there because like apparently the endgame stuff is like Affixes on Dungeons. It seemed like.
1: Oh wow, these guys did a bunch of Gears of War shit, the uh, ports obviously, mm. but that's just like that's it. that's that's interesting. Okay, look at this.
0: Um, and the the other thing, this is back to WoW stuff. Is uh, uh, I so this week I, I I I I was angry when I did it, but I, I went and I uh, I I got the right rating uh, uh, legendary. And uh, oh, the, did
1: you feel good about it?
0: No, but like then in one of the fights that we cleared, I outperformed my item level, whereas previously I'd been underperforming my item level. Right, like I parsed above like where I should have. Like I didn't parse great, but like. My parse was better than it should have been relative to my item level. I was like, okay, I guess this is the right thing to do. Um, Yeah,
1: see, you know, I
0: I get that. I definitely do. I feel like there are certain legendaries
1: that I like for certain kinds of content, and I I don't feel... like right now I'm using one, the kind of one size fits all legendary, which, which is like great and which is, which is fun. But before this, I had used one called Battlelord, which was only really good in raid. It wasn't really good, it was bad in mythics. It was kind of bad in all other, other content. Um, and I think that's gonna end up being more true over time. Where it's going to be like okay, here's a good rating legendary, here's a good PvP legendary, here's a good mythics legendary. Um, as people get more soul ash and they can have multiple kind of high end legendaries.
0: Yeah, no, So the the, the limiting factor for me at this point is gold, because um, like I can't afford the oh. I can't afford the level four um a piece. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean I'm also like not super deep into it, but like and I'm not like grinding for money, but you know. Yeah. Um, or like i you know i have i have a level three though i have two level threes which maybe if i hadn't done that um i would be in a better position to, to get a level four but you know honestly
1: that's pretty good i would say you know like obviously the the amount of item level you get by going up the ranks decreases so like the difference between a 225 and a 235 is not all that much but like the gold difference between those is going to be
0: huge yeah, yeah. and not, not only yeah. that but like you know it's a single item increasing right whereas like i i've got like Bigger differentials to hit in other slots, just you know, kind of.
1: You're also in what slot does that raid? Does that legendary go on shoulders?
0: Uh, so it can go on shoulder or head. I wanted to put it on the head, but I had a shoulder at 225, so I,
1: I you can maybe talk to our good friend of the cast, Lindley Josh, uh, because I think he did he did shoulders for his legendary. This is this is another interesting thing is that like I spent a ton of time and honestly a ton of gold eventually i was just like i want all of the plate legendary recipes maxed out so i just started churning my gold really really hard and i probably spent through six million gold over the course of you know like of doing this but i now have all the plate recipes at 235 so if any of our friends is like hey i need a 235 all they would need to do is give me the mats right um and i could craft that for them instead of doing it on the auction house which is obviously going to have a premium so um that hasn't quite happened for the other uh, uh, there just aren't gold makers the like the core gold makers i know are me phalanor and Sarian, and we're all in plate um so that just hasn't really happened for leather or for cloth mm. um legendaries in quite the same way
0: mm. fair enough well doesn't matter so much for me because like you yeah. know I guess, like you said, two twenty-five is probably good enough for, for for government work, as it were. So, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, you know, the, it at least gives me something to look forward to in raid. It's like I could do good in raid. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, but yeah. I
1: recently switched my build in raid because I was doing pretty poorly because uh, we were ironically killing things too fast for my build. The uh, my, my build is very technically complicated in that it basically revolves around. Hitting a really powerful war banner right at the start of execute phase and so normally I open with a war banner and then execute phase happens and I place another war banner and I get a bunch of crit chance and I get a bunch of crit damage and I'm just executing for disgusting amounts of damage and if I can like get all those ducks in a row it really works uh, but in normal we're beating bosses too quickly Because we beat bosses in like three minutes now. So I really only have one war banner. I don't have two anymore. Um, And in Heroic, we're not reliably getting into execute, like into clean execute phases like that anymore. Um, So I went back to a more generalized sort of all-purpose build to spread my damage out rather than just like really hyper-focus on like getting these insane crits in execute phase. Though those insane crits are insanely cool and very fun, right?
0: <laughs> like. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. Uh, all right, well, we're, we're, we're over time. We almost 10 minutes, so I think we should wrap it up. Um, okay. If you'd like to email us about any of the things we talked about on this podcast or, uh, you know, anything else you're feeling, you can email us at some... some or podcasts at games.com or somebrewsplaygames at gmail.com. dot com. Follow us to TV slash where... You know this is live now. Um, you can uh, rate review us on on wherever you find podcasts. Uh, all that other stuff. Follow us on social media. All the links are in the the various descriptions. Um, that's everything I have. But do you have anything else you want to promote?
1: I have nothing else I'm looking to promote.
0: In that case, until next time, dear listeners.
1: Until next time, loyalists.